Hey y'all, it's Nathan Resnick from Sourceify, and today we've got another epic guest on e-commerce on tap. This is a show about the entrepreneurs, creators, and agencies that make up the e-commerce world and the stories behind how they grew. Crack your brew because here comes another amazing episode. What is up all? Welcome to another episode of e-commerce on tap brought to you by Sourceify. My name is Nathan Resnick, and today we have one of the experts in the third-party logistics space. Steven. So Steve, thanks so much for joining us on e-commerce on tap. You know, really appreciate you being on. I know you're based in Hong Kong, so appreciate you making time, especially with the time difference. And I really just want to start, you know, understanding your background as an entrepreneur, you know, Flowship, the company that Steve has co-founded and grown is now one of the most well-known free PL fulfillment centers in the world and really bridging the gap with international commerce. So Steve, thanks so much for joining us. And, you know, if you can just kind of start a bit about your background, you know, how did you end up founding Flowship? <laughs> hey, first of all, it's a, it's a privilege to be on Nathan. And, um, you know, just thank you so much for, for giving this opportunity to, uh, to share. Um, yeah, so in terms of, you know, getting involved with Flowship, um, really my, my journey started in, uh, in China. So I really had this appetite I think it was around like 2012 at the time, um, where I really saw the, the emergence of China and, um, you know, being a guy that just has, uh, you know, career experience in the U.S., I just felt that, hey, if I'm going to really be this international business guy, I need to merge, you know, basically uh, not just, you know, what's tops, tops in the West, but, uh, you know, tops in the East now in, in China. And um, really with that, with that thought in mind, um, I decided to venture out um, to, to Shanghai in 2012, now, where I um, was involved with a startup there. And then um, eventually I got involved with a uh, Chinese uh, 3PL or, or cross-border fulfillment company uh, called 4PX. And um, today I would say that they're, they're, they're the largest um, in terms of cross-border logistics uh, you know, today, but their, their target audience Mm -hmm. is um, mostly Chinese merchants that are selling on eBay or Amazon, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, so I really, really, my, my time there, I, I, I had experience you know, doing international business development and, and ha had an opportunity to, to head up a uh, subsidiary company or projects uh, within 4PX. And there was a time when they called upon me to head up their international BD or more of the international sales team uh, mm -hmm. to, to land uh, international merchants to leverage 4PX's uh, fulfillment services. So at the time, you know, knowing about 4PX's, you know, services and quality, it wasn't exactly to my expectation levels. And to be able to be selling a product or a solution that you don't really believe in, it didn't really drive with me well, right? Mm -hmm. So I had, I had two opportunities presented to me at the time, which was that sales director position versus you know, uh, incubating and, and growing, um, you know, a subsidiary company. Um, and so I decided to take the subsidiary company route because I felt like to be able to build something myself from scratch, um, I can more confidently, you know, sell that service. Mm -hmm. So, so that's, that's really, um, what led me to, to think, Hey, if there is a, an, an international uh, fulfillment solution out there that is close to you know, um, to everyone's uh, beginning of their respective supply chains, you know, if they're manufacturing in China, 
um, there must be a service that you know excels in terms of customer service so that you're not going around in circles trying to explain something to let's say a Chinese a salesperson or customer service representative um, but also providing you know world-class you know technology that um, the Western seller is, is accustomed to so if you're using a Shopify if you're using a Magento etc you have certain expectations when you're interfacing with the software and you're, you're probably really looking for a similar experience uh, when you're looking at the various technologies that would integrate with that particular software. And so that's, that's what really um, you know, precipitated that idea of, uh, of Flowship. And um, I had an opportunity to go to a Hong Kong e-commerce leaders event um, when I was based in Shenzhen, uh, China, working at 4PX. And that's where I met my co-founder, who was also has a similar background to me, uh, you know, working in um, really the consumer electronics dropshipping space. And I said, hey, why don't we just join forces and, and build a, you know, build a, build a, the, the largest uh, dropshipping company in the world. And wow. that's what really led to the idea of, of Flowship. Um, mm -hmm. And both of us really already had that knowledge and expertise um, to do something like this. And so Flowship started officially um, in February of uh, 2015. Wow, that's awesome. That's a amazing turn of events you know i feel like uh, as a founder myself you know it, it seems like just the great companies that start stem from past experiences where you see problems in the market and you know it sounds like for you and in, in the way you created flowship you know you saw a huge problem stemming from you know logistics out of out of asia you know and in particular i think flowship is in such a unique position where you know you're based in Hong Kong, so you have that direct connection, you know, right across, uh, you know, I don't even know if I can call it a border, but right across, you know, <laughs> I guess it is technically a border, but, you know, basically you take a high-speed train now and you're, you know, right yeah. in the center of all these factories in Guangzhou and Shenzhen, and, you know, it's such a, I think, advantage to be in Hong Kong. And so before we dive into, you know, third-party logistics, I've got kind of a question in terms of, the process of setting up an actual company in Hong Kong, you know, what was that like being an international entrepreneur and saying, okay, I want to, you know, incorporate a business in, in Hong Kong. Is that, you know, a, a challenge? Is there a lot of entrepreneurship and a lot of startups in Hong Kong or kind of what's the scene like over in Hong Kong right now when it comes to startups and entrepreneurship? Well, um, you know, I was, I was, I'm very fortunate to have a co-founder that already, um, you know, conducted business in Hong Kong. Um, so when we both decided to team up, he already had about a good, like, eight to ten years of experience, um, you know, setting up a business in Hong Kong and working in Hong Kong. So that definitely helped a lot. But, you know, when we decided to, to set up Flowship, um, yeah, I would say the process was pretty, pretty seamless. It didn't take too long, um, you know, to get the, uh, you know, business registration going, even from a cost standpoint. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the cost is today, but it's around, um, I would say it's less than, less than 500 us, uh, you know, to, to get it going. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, the beauty of Hong Kong is that, uh, the tax rate is, is relatively low, mm -hmm. uh, I would say compared to the, uh, international, uh, you know, landscape. And, um, you're looking at anywhere from know, 16 to 17%. Mm -hmm. uh, on corporate taxes. So, um, and that's if you're a profitable company. Wow. And um, the other aspects, I think I would say the most challenging aspect of setting up a, a business in Hong Kong uh, would be the bank account. 
Um, so, you know, being a foreigner, being an American guy, um, it's probably actually the, the worst country to, to follow uh, or set up a business account in Hong Kong. Um, so actually, I remember, uh, you know, a good friend of mine who's an entrepreneur who applied to about 20 banks here in Hong Kong. And it was literally the, that 20th bank uh, that decided to ha- um, accept his, his bank account. Um, so it's, it's definitely getting a little bit more strict in terms of getting the bank account set up because of the money laundering activities, I guess, going, going off from, from China into, into Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that, I think that would be the, the, the biggest hurdle. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, in terms of, you know, setting up the, the Hong Kong uh, business entity mm-hmm. uh, to, to hiring staff, um, I wouldn't say it's, it's challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can go, I, got, I can go on forever uh, in terms of, uh, you know, conducting business in Hong Kong. But I'll, I'll just, you know, speak on the, uh, the setting up aspect. Got it. Makes sense. And, and in terms of, you know, just the sediment of, of e-commerce in Asia and, and specifically in China right now, I mean, it, it seems like it's growing like crazy. What, what's it really feel like on the ground floor, you know, in the day-to-day life of uh, Hong Kong and, and throughout China? You know, it seems like a lot of these factories and a lot of these fulfillment centers have kind of transitioned from being more retail focused to now focusing on all the you know Shopify and Amazon sellers, is that you know a transition that you see as well over there? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I think with you know the, the emergence of of technology um, and more of the the focus on e-commerce, um, you know, the, there there's definitely a lot of um, a growth in the market. Um, so I would say that. Um, well, I mean, just keep, just to give you a statistic, um, the cross-border volume or growth is expected to double between, you know, let's say, you know, from the 2017 number that I got uh, to to a trillion dollars um, mm-hmm. by 2020, mm-hmm. right? So, so that really shows that um, the world is just getting smaller, right? To to conduct business, uh, you don't have to exactly, you know, send a, a container ship over to the US and then mm-hmm. fulfill your goods to your customers. Right. Because of the emergence of cross-border e-commerce and all these Chinese sellers selling on the eBay or Amazon platforms, mm-hmm. there's been a lot more innovative solutions that have been coming up mm-hmm. uh, to enable shipments uh, to be transferred from you know, China or Hong Kong into the international markets at, at, a, at a relatively cheap costs, maybe even comparable to domestic shipping, mm-hmm. um, and at a speed that is, you know, respectable, um, you know, compared to maybe even express shipping. Got it. That makes sense. And now I really want to dive into, you know, the actual 3PL industry, you know, what people and in, in e-commerce entrepreneurs should be looking for when they choose what third-party logistics company to work with, you know, listeners of e-commerce on tap, are either you know starting and, and just starting to scale some of their e-commerce companies, or they're already doing you know six seven figures in revenue. I mean, when you look at different three PLs and, and from a e-commerce you know founder's perspective, what do you think these people should be looking for in a three PL? You know, what are the key uh, dynamics of a three PL that should be, they should be looking out for? Well, um, you know, I, I think you know there every fulfillment company. It is different um, just in terms of, 
um, you know, offerings. And then, you know, there comes the, um, you know, fit that you're looking for from a 3PL standpoint. Maybe if you're a, a, a more traditional kind of company, you want to work with a traditional type of 3PL and it's okay for you to work with like EDI uh, file transfers or CSP uploads and, and et cetera, right? I mean, you have a, you have a task force to, um, to handle a lot of the manual work there, right? Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, in more of this, um, you know, digital age where you have maybe in the digital nomads that kind of like to be more hassle-free, you know, have, have, have a more automated kind of workflow system. Um, yeah, you may want to work with a company that has, you know, software that, in, you know, immediately plugs in uh, to your shopping cart platform, whether it be a Shopify, Magento, WooCommerce, or even the marketplaces uh, like an Amazon or, or an eBay, mm -hmm. et cetera. Um, so I think that's um, maybe the technology aspect is, is a one key thing that you should be, uh, you should be looking for. Mm -hmm. um, and I think another thing is when you're looking at a 3PL, you probably, that, that's, that's a very key element of your e-commerce business because if the operations doesn't go well, the product doesn't get delivered to the customer, let alone if the problems occur, who's behind, behind, uh, you know, the, the, the customer service desk replying to your uh, particular inquiries, or do you have someone dedicated that you can go to? and have those problems solved. So essentially, you want someone that can kind of uh, act as your operational head because you're, you're outsourcing your operations uh, aspect of your business. And um, you know, do you have someone that, that, that you can dialogue with? I think that's, that's very important and to kind of have that transparency. Um, let me give you an example. When, when I'm talking about my, my former company, um, you know, customer service wise, I felt like the, our, our, the guys were, were going around in circles and, and not being able to fully answer those questions or trying to interface with the warehouse and uh, get their problems solved because maybe the company's a little too big, but then you also have the, the language barrier in place as well. Mm -hmm. So I would say number two, uh, maybe having a good, good, um, account manager or, or a customer service interface is, is very important as well. And then the, the third thing that I would focus on is really the uh, solutions uh, that the, that the 3PO is able to provide. So if you are a e-commerce retailer that may just be focused on the U S market, then, you know, maybe it makes sense for you to just work with Amazon FBA, um, you know, because you, you can offer Amazon prime and you're offering, you know, fast delivery to your customers. Well, there's a number of other domestic players uh, that can offer a good service and offer also offer the technology that I was I was um, referring to as well. Now, if you get into the international landscape, uh, that's where perhaps in a cross-border international with UPL may, may make more sense. You have, let's say, about 30% uh, of your customers coming from the U.S. You have 20% um, coming from Australia and another 30% in Europe, et cetera. Right? right. And I think there are advantages in looking at a cross-border international 3PL because um, you're able to really um, reduce, optimize on your, on your international shipping costs. Mm -hmm. um, because I'll tell you what, if you're trying to ship international from the U.S., I mean, it's just really expensive right now. I mean, right. you try to do an apples to apples comparison. 
shipping from US versus shipping from Hong Kong, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you're looking at least like 50% savings, at least right. uh, for international shipping. Um, yeah, so, so um, yeah, I mean, I would say that if you do have an international market or presence, uh, definitely look at an international DPL, mm-hmm. either have them do all your logistics, or maybe if your US market or your Australian market is quite strong, have a fulfillment center there and have, you know, an international DPL, you know, handle your international uh, fulfillments. Got it. That's, that's great insight. I want to walk through two scenarios right now. And it kind of dives into, you know, the situation that most listeners are in. Number one, let's say you're a e-commerce entrepreneur that is just starting to see some growth. You know, maybe you're starting to ship a uh, hundred units a month. You know, are there differences between what this e-commerce company should look for in a 3PL and let's say a e-commerce company that's already shipping thousands or 10,000 plus units a month? I mean, is there like, what are the key differences between a 3PL solution at scale versus, um, you know, when they're just starting up? Yeah. You know, so, so my advice is that I think it's very important for um, newer sellers to have um, at least experiment with logistics themselves. Um, Because once you start onboarding a 3PL, then you'll understand the nuances and um, the various um, you know, issues that you can in- encounter with logistics. Um, so you're speaking a lot smarter when you're talking to that 3PL um, and you're getting, what, you're getting more of what you want. Um, so I would recommend that, yeah, if you're a newer seller, you know, check out some of these softwares where you can just plug and play into your shopping carts and print out shipping labels on the fly, like a, you know, like a ship station or, or a ship easy, et cetera, shipping mm-hmm. easy. Um, you know, there's a number of, you know, softwares that, that you can look at, look at, um, and offer fulfillment yourselves. Right. Now, now when you get into that hundred orders plus, you know, and, and then you realize that it's occupying about a good, maybe like a half of your day and you can't focus on your marketing or, or your business. And that's where you might want to, you know, entertain a, a 3PL. And, um, you know, I think, you know, 3PLs, you know, maybe they don't have minimums. Some of them, you know, they, they do have minimums. Um, so, so that's something that, um, to, to be aware of, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, do your research. Definitely. I think, um, I mean, there's just so many fulfillment centers that are out there these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's really about finding what's right for you. Um, I think that the common trap that you can experience is, is cost. Right. And, you know, really, if you just go for cost, you're going to get what you pay for. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, mm-hmm. just understand that. And. I think for us here at Flowship, that's how we really want to differentiate ourselves is, yeah, you know, we're going to do whatever we can to offer you the best rates possible. But our main focus is really to provide a great, you know, experience for you um, and making sure that you get a reliable service. That's awesome. I love it. Do you think it ever makes sense for an e-commerce company to focus on fulfillment in-house as they scale up? I mean, is that really going to be beneficial for them to, you know, work with their own margins and or not like basically run their own warehouse. I mean, does that ever really make sense? Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a common, uh, you know, question uh, for, for e-commerce, you know, online sellers. So, I mean, think about it this way. Um, if you're, if you're an entrepreneur that really cares about, you know, company culture and the people, um, you know, think about your knowledge workers 
and then the people that are actually working out of a warehouse. Mm -hmm. If you're working at a warehouse, maybe, maybe you never had a, you know, you don't have a college dip diploma, let alone maybe in a high school diploma. Um, or, you know, you're, you're, they're the workers that, um, may not exactly integrate, you know, with those guys in the office. Right. Um, so that's something to really, really, uh, you know, consider because as you start growing, you're going to hire more and more of these staff and, you know, costs will go up. You have to think about HR and culture issues and making sure that they're compensated correctly. If they're not, then they may leave to another, you know, through PL fulfillment center because there's many that they could possibly even go to. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, may even have, um, you know, the occasional strikes, you know, you see even, you even seen it with uh, Amazon FBA where you really have maybe even a union to kind of take care of these type of workers. So I, I would really, um, you know, take it very seriously if you're an entrepreneur that, that cares about culture and also about the cost factor mm -hmm. um, because, you know, once you kind of scale up and you get more automated, then what do you do with the staff? Right. Um, then you have to think about maybe even potential layoffs, but that may not be a good culture thing. So I would really think, I think it's more about the management aspects. I've even seen like very successful e-commerce startups, um, you know, doing a lot of orders and they're only like five man teams, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And they may even have like a virtual office set up to, to handle their customer service. Right. So um, I would say definitely uh, try to look to, to outsource that components uh, if possible, because it's just less, headache and in cost to be concerned about. Got it. That makes sense. You know, two last questions here wrapping up. And number one, you know, Flowship is, is based in Hong Kong and, and one of the most, you know, well-known and well-respected fulfillment companies in Hong Kong in the world. You know, what are the benefits really of uh, running a 3PL or using a 3PL, excuse me, using a 3PL out of Hong Kong? I mean, what do you think are uh, the main benefits that, that someone should look into? Well, there's, there's, there's really a number of things, and um, I'll, I'll point out the most important ones. Uh, first of all, Hong Kong is a free trade port. So if you're manufacturing in China, bringing goods into Hong Kong, it's really seamless to, to bring goods down. I mean, if you're manufacturing in Shenzhen, it's, just, it's an hour or even less truck right away uh, to, to one of our warehouses in Hong Kong. Um, you know, number two, it's, um, you know, you have this whole you know, phenomenon of, of, of trade wars going on, you know, today. And I think a lot of people are kind of panicking as to, hey, could my commodity or my product be affected next? Mm -hmm. And so I, I really think this is now uh, our, our business model, or our location, just making a lot more sense, you know, for online retailers, where you could just hedge this risk. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of what's going on, um, even as I talk to the couriers of the 3PLs or freight forwarders, is that there's been a lot of volume. People trying to you know, send the sea freight and air freight shipments before Trump cracks down and puts another you know, a couple hundred billion dollars on tariffs. Right. Um, and you know, the problem there is that you may have a lot of working capital that you're not, may, you may not be able to sell through, you know, mm -hmm. maybe 50% or plus, and so, you know, you're, you're having to worry about more uh, obsolescence or, or um, you know, wasted, wasted inventory there. Mm -hmm. Now, the beauty of Hong Kong is that um, you're able to ship cross-border, let's say for the U.S. market, as long as the product is declared under 800 U.S. dollars, it does not have any sort of, you know, duties or taxes 
associated with that particular parcel, right? Mm -hmm. So that's where you're hedging risk. Trump's going to really target more of these commodities and these larger, you know, shipments that come into, uh, you know, into the U.S. Single parcel B2C deliveries. Right, I know there there hasn't been any, um, you know, talks about that now. Right. Uh, same goes with Australia. A thousand Australian dollars goes through uh, GST free as well. So there's a number of these markets that you can really take advantage of uh, from, uh, you know, shipping uh, directly out of Hong Kong. And then number three is just to be aware about Hong Kong is number one air freight hub in the world. As a result, there's a lot of different logistics options, whether it be the FedEx, DHL, UPS of the world, uh, mm -hmm. postal operators like a Hong Kong Post or a Singapore Post. And then there's what's something called a direct injection option, which is more of like a hybrid between an express and a postal, but cost-wise is closer to a postal uh, shipment. And shipping time you know, can be experienced anywhere from about four, four to eight days right. um, to, to major markets. Um, so, so with those abundance of, of logistics solutions, um, you know, even, even shipments that are originating from China will eventually route through Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. uh, just because of the, the just the abundance of flights that that go out, right? Um, and and the other thing is China doesn't allow you to to ship batteries, yep. so battery shipments especially would would route through Hong Kong um, as well. Exactly. Can, can you touch on that direct injection shipping method real quick? So, you know, I think a lot of listeners don't actually know what that is per se. Um, so if you can just dive into it and explain it real briefly, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, sure. So as I mentioned, you know, really the, the emergence of eBay, you know, and Amazon sellers out of China has led to more kind of like joint ventures or, or cooperations between the local postal authorities here and, and the postal authorities in uh, major markets such as like US, Australia, UK, Germany, etc. So really what direct injection is, um, you're able to pre-label all the goods here with the local postal or last mile carrier uh, label. So let's say that you're trying to ship to the US. Mm -hmm. So you'll label the goods here, pre-label the goods here with uh, USPS labels. And then you would basically, um, we, we would work with uh, an air freight carrier uh, to consolidate the shipments um, and then ship in bulk into the US. And then once it reaches to the US, because we have special arrangements uh, you know, with USPS, we would be able to clear the goods uh, one by one uh, individual parcels versus clearing the entire, you know, bulk shipment with, you know, let's say, you know, thousands of parcels uh, with this direct injection um, service. So um, with, with the service, you know, we could, it could be like a, a joint venture with Hong Kong Post and, and, and USPS. Mm -hmm. um, and so there are special clearances once it arrives into the destination market. Um, and as I mentioned, shipping costs are very close to like a postal delivery worldwide, um, it would be maybe even equivalent to a, a domestic to domestic shipment um, into the U.S. in terms of shipping price, and also in terms of shipping time. Uh, yeah, as I mentioned, you're expecting around around four to eight days, which is right in between, you know, express shipment, where express shipment could be uh, anywhere from about one to three days or three to five days, and a postal shipment um, about seven to fourteen days or or one to two weeks. Got it. That's awesome. That's a perfect rundown. Wrapping up here, you know, there's always this question about e-commerce companies selling into China or into Asia. You know, obviously there's you know, billions of people that a lot of companies here in America just don't have access to. 
do you see a trend being based in Asia that companies are now really trying to figure out how to sell to, you know, Chinese or, uh, you know, Vietnamese or other uh, Asian based countries? I mean, do you see that as a trend that is, is really happening right now? Hey, well, Nathan, that's a great question. It's a great time to, uh, to address that question. Um, so here at Flowship, we have, um, you know, started an initiative uh, to allow Western uh, international sellers to tap into the Chinese market. Everyone has a fear about, you know, getting into China because they have to worry about Chinese staffing or how am I going to enter into Tmalls or JD.coms of the world? Um, you know, and then you have to worry about the setup costs on, on Tmall, which would be up to about 75,000 US dollars. You know, there, there's a lot of fears um, and the costs that, that people are, are concerned about. Well, what we're really trying to do here is that let, let, letting Hong Kong kind of be more of this launch pad platform to, for you to enter the China market. Um, so it's more about this cross-border e-commerce uh, channel, uh, which the, um, the Chinese customs authorities calls uh, the BC import channel. Um, and so there's a number of channels for you to now uh, ship into China. Um, and that BC channel, as I mentioned, is more going to be that e-commerce channel uh, for the future. So, um, you know, the, there, there are challenges for, for e-commerce businesses to, to set up in China and to mm -hmm. ship from China to China. Mm -hmm. um, in particular, if you're shipping um, or if you're selling uh, vitamin supplements or cosmetics or any, anything that uh, is topical or ingested, um, you know, you have to get, get a certification, uh, in particular, like a CFD, CFDA certificate that can take up to three to five years uh, mm -hmm. for you to get confirmation for your products. So rather than having to wait for that period, you can start selling uh, or, or shipping direct from Hong Kong into China mm -hmm. um, without having to have any sort of, sort of approvals in place. Um, and then you can start testing the China market. And you can see if there's an appetite for your particular product or brand. Um, and even from a shipping time standpoint, because we're right next to China, you can ship to, let's say, the Guangdong or the Shenzhen, you know, uh, Guangdong province um, within, you know, two to three days. Shanghai, let's say, three to four days. And, and uh, Beijing and northern China, uh, you know, four to, four to six days. That's right. Awesome. So um, even from, you know, shipping cost standpoint, you know, we've, um, we've partnered up with um, STO Express. And, um, you know, costs are actually very, very attractive as well. Um, so, you know, I'm really lining up the team uh, to support this initiatives uh, for China. So, um, yeah, we welcome, we welcome the world. You know, uh, any online retailer that wants to entertain the China market, wants to get a Western level of treatment and customer service with the technology included. Uh, technology, by the way, we're, we're planning to, um, you know, have more integrations with uh, uh, tmallajd.com. Uh, even with uh, WeChat, um, with its emergence, I don't know if anybody really knows about uh, the WeChat stores these days, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of uh, traction happening there where sellers feel like they don't have real control of, of the marketing um, aspect on, on Tmall or JD.com. Um, and so WeChat really provides this platform where you can really handle your own marketing, get your, get your key opinion leaders uh, to do your marketing, et cetera. Um, so basically, it's, it's kind of like um, uh, a Shopify for China. Um, you know, you just, you know, set up your, your e-commerce storefront uh, pretty easily. 
and then that will be integrated with uh, WeChat, take payments over WeChat payments. Um, so I really believe that this is going to be more of a, a leader in the in the China um, marketplace. Um, so we'll be ha we'll be having more of these um, you know seamless integrations in place for any online retailer to to you know basically turn on a switch and start selling into China. Got it. That, that's an amazing rundown. I mean, I really believe in the global expansion of e-commerce, and I think you know Asia is the next frontier for a lot of these companies that are you know doing well here in America and looking to expand internationally. Well, Steve, thank you so much for coming on board. E-commerce on tap. If if people want to reach out or get in touch with Flowship, uh, how should they connect? Uh, you can contact us at info at flowship.com um, if you want to contact us directly. However, if you just go to flowship.com, F-L-O-S-H-I-P.com, um, we do have an opportunity for you to, you know, fill out a quote uh, or basically fill out a form um, and then immediately uh, we'll have one of our sales reps uh, be in touch um, and, and basically provide more of like a, a consult consultative approach um, in terms of how you should tackle your international logistics. Awesome. That's amazing. Steve, thanks so much for coming on e-commerce on tap. Guys, there you have it. Steve, the founder and CEO of Flowship, one of the best e-commerce logistics companies in the world. And keep an eye out for the next episode coming up on e-commerce on tap. Another super exciting guest diving in to e-commerce. And thanks again for tuning in. Bye for now. And there you have it. Thanks again for tuning in to e-commerce on tap. If you could like, subscribe, tell a friend, really spread the word about the information we're getting out there. That would be much appreciated. Also, if you have any manufacturing questions or need help with your manufacturing, feel free to reach out to Sourceify for the fastest growing manufacturing platform, helping hundreds of companies produce products around the world. Thanks again and have a great one.